I know it's Adrian's morning. It's Hazel's late night. I'm sorry. I'm the only one with the conducive okay. meeting time today. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are on a Sunday. And today we are discussing Found the Documentary on Netflix and Starstruck, the TV series. And obviously I'm Claire. And then we have Adrian and Hazel today. So I thought, you know, maybe we should discuss Found first. So, I mean, I guess just to start off, I found this documentary purely by accident. It kept uh, showing up on Netflix for me, the dashboard, and it looked good, but I was like, oh, I need to be in a mood. I'm not, no, no, I, I can't. And I was like, oh, just watch it. And I was just blown away. So that was my initial impression. But yeah, what about, what about you both? Well, I cried a lot when I watched it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Me too. I was like crying, sobbing. <laughs> well, okay, not actually full on sobbing, but I, I was gonna cry when I watched it. I was like, oh my God. But I also did like get my period yesterday. So <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Actually, speaking of that, like I went to go see everything everywhere all at once yesterday with my parents. And that also made me cry. <laughs> I've seen like, half yeah. of that. I haven't seen the second half. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. You haven't mm-hmm. seen the full thing? That, that must be so awkward to just see half of it. I've watched it in like, I watched a third and then I watched like another bit. I've been watching it in stages at home. Like oh, we downloaded okay. it. I'm probably oh. not supposed to say that. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious yeah. about how it goes and ends. I have no idea how it's going to yeah we should talk about that overwhelming but yeah Yeah. anyway so talking about the media we're actually supposed to discuss today Um, (laughs) bring it back (laughs) bring it back back. I thought it was like so touching you know to see their stories and you know seeing that sort of trauma that lasts with someone about like you know feeling like you were given up and like not knowing why you were given up I mean I'm not I'm not adopted so I don't know like how most adopted people feel this is something that like most or all adopted people struggle with or if this was just like something that these girls like acutely felt because like they were from a different country from a different culture like you know it's so sad and then also like having them trying to reconnect with their Chinese heritage like you know I felt a lot of um <laughs> a lot of empathy with that type of situation like definitely relate to it especially like you know when the girl was saying that like a, a guy came up to her and was like speaking to her in Chinese and she was like oh I don't speak Chinese and then he just like left <laughs> and mm. she was like uh, uh hi to you too but he just left <laughs> she's just a child like she's not even an adult yeah. So yeah, like, oh, yeah, I could relate to that type of like, you know, disappointment when people are like, oh, wow, like you're Chinese, you're Taiwanese, like you can speak with me. It's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. How about your thoughts, Hazel? I really liked it too. And I also cried a lot. And it was good to see like very extra emotional to see both sides as well. You know, they were mm. looking a lot at the parents who gave their kids up and some of them gave up, like, there was a woman who gave up four daughters, if I remember rightly, that woman who wouldn't show her face, three or four daughters. And just how sad they were and how hopeful they were to find their kids. And I don't know, I never really thought about, like, how they ended up in that situation, like, what exactly the government was doing. Like, it sounded like sterilizing was going on, but maybe if you weren't sterilized by the government, there weren't really family planning options out there. I don't know, especially in the countryside. So they had no choice but to get pregnant and then give up their kids. And they clearly didn't want to. So it was 
I don't know, it was very emotional as well to see their side. Of course, the girls who were adopted too. And yeah, when they were meeting their nannies and they remembered mm. so well, like all these details about one baby out of hundreds of babies. And yeah, you got to see so many sides of the story in that documentary. I thought it was really, really good. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. Adrian said, uh, you know, neither of us are adopted, so we can't truly speak for that since we don't have that experience. But I thought that because I watched other adopted documentaries before, but this one particularly spoke out to me because just the level of, you know, like all of these like girls and women connecting, like, you know, when they were mm. in China, they're all connecting and the really felt for the genealogist uh, Liu Hao. Mm. what a cool woman like what a cool mm-hmm. lady and she was like I really want to help and she was doing the best she could and she was really empathizing with the families that she was trying to connect like in China and then like in the mm. US she was really trying to like explain to them all like you know these are girls right they're like 13 14 whatever but it's just hilarious well it was cute to see how they were just getting on with each other mm-hmm. and it was really funny because I can't remember one of them because they went to each of their hometowns to see like how they were found, right? And Liu Hao mm. was like, hey, uh, you were found in like this bridge. And then the, one of the girls was like, I don't know if you guys remember this. She's like, that was my first outing. And she was just yeah. like making all these comments. I'm <laughs> like, good for you. Like you're, because they're still children, right? They're still processing mm-hmm. this. And when one of them was also talking about, because they're from like, sorry, I have it open on my screen because I forgot exactly where they're from, but Oklahoma, uh, Seattle, and Nashville, right mm-hmm. so they were kind of talking about all the racism that they encountered and crying I was like oh that must be so much more painful because you're still your kid you're trying to process your root mm-hmm. and to go through the racism and your immediate family can't help you because they don't share your ethnicity like mm-hmm. so yeah I love that and, and that sounds too yeah. yeah and I think most of them if not all of them lived in an area where they were the only Asian person. I think so. Their, right? yeah. Their, yeah, in their community or that they were friends with. Or, yeah, and then um, one of them was going through jaw surgery. So they had their whole oh, other, like, right, extra yeah. personal stuff going to college. Like, yeah, all of that added on as well. They had a lot a lot going on. This is, like, kind of off topic. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. it's a shift in tone. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I watched this talk this week that had actually been had actually taken place last year but it was with the author of this book that's called like is Taiwan Chinese and she was looking at like it's by an American anthropologist and she's looking at like the different like um, ways in which Han Chinese ethnicity affected Taiwan and I mean in the end she does like conclude that there is a unique Taiwanese identity. One of the things that she was talking about were like updates since she published her book, because I think her book came out in like uh, 2000s or something. I don't remember the, the exact date, but anyway, and she was saying that she did not anticipate how imperialist the PRC was going to be towards Taiwan. She also was bringing up the gender imbalance in China. And she said that by 2050, there will be 50 million more marriageable men than women in China and insane yeah I was like I mean I have not checked these numbers anywhere else so there's a part of me that's like is that (laughs) really true like that just sounds crazy but I don't know that's what she said and she also was bringing up the fact that like you know because there is this huge gender imbalance like that will cause a lot of problems for China and Mm. you know that could lead to things like China wanting to 
wage war with Taiwan in order to reduce the population. So, wow. so that's a lovely thought. Anyway, <laughs> wow. um, looking at that's the extreme. government extreme side, I mean, of course, mm-hmm. this is not like that's actually what's going to happen, but you know, it's, she was just bringing it up. It's like, well, that's, it's a possibility, mm-hmm. you know, so. Actually, you bring up, uh, oh, sorry, were you finished or did I interrupt you? Yeah, that was pretty much oh, okay. it. Oh, you should. <laughs> with that lovely thought. <laughs> No, you actually just reminded me, speaking of governments and stuff, what I've also found interesting about this documentary was, sure, like there is a political backdrop of like why adopted kids in the first place. I think at that time, there was like post-war economic effects. It wasn't just China, right? There are also a lot of adoptees coming out of like Vietnam and even like Korea as well, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the story really focused on like the, not to be too cheesy, like the human stories because, you know, like in Western media, it tends to like always demonize like Russia and like China and like the Mm -hmm. foreign countries. But with this, it was like, you're actually seeing like the other side, like they go to China and we're really seeing like what's happening. And you know, that dad, oh, Mm -hmm. what was her name? The the girl that got the... uh, Lily? Was it Lily? Okay, yeah, Lily. um, The genealogist thought that family that had the farm with the roosters mm-hmm. and stuff that was her family and but it wasn't true and the dad you could tell he was about to erupt into tears but he just held it back and he like just like that was just really like touching like these really really sad but very relatable like human moments mm-hmm. and these are people too like they're not bound to the government they have to do what they did so it just like really humanized the country from that perspective I think and mm-hmm. Sadie's mom emotionally saying oh, I feel really bad for her biological parents I don't think this is what they would have wanted for Sadie but but you know it's it's her life she couldn't have predicted that she would get divorced right so it just added yeah. to root these human stories are still like they're still on my mind I watched this months ago and I'm like oh wow I can't it's just so heartbreaking but it's the consequence of like one government decision that has mm-hmm. knock on impact oh effect mm-hmm. that, that's what you <laughs> reminded me of when you brought yeah, that up it's really <laughs> sad yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it does really show like the disconnect between like like how sometimes, you know, from a Western perspective, you know, it's like, oh, like the PRC or China is just like one entity when it's like, you know, the people that are living there, you know, like they, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with what the government is doing and they like they have their own personal st- stories and their own struggles with how they live. So yeah. yeah. I thought it was really cool and interesting how they were just there seems to be a whole network out there where they just advertise they have someone who comes to look for their parents and then they get a picture of them when they were a baby and a picture of them now and they just put it I don't know where they're putting it in the newspaper on the internet and just people in clearly very rural areas uh, like getting hold of it and like I wanted to know a bit more about that side like Mm -hmm. how that worked and how they were getting in touch and like if really a lot of um parents who were in that position are looking on these kind of notice boards or whatever it was really interesting how she was going about her like uh tracking genealogy tracking work that lady really interesting yeah and then like with the added level of like they weren't supposed to have more than one child it's like how much danger are they in if they're like searching for their their children Uh, as well mm. i mean i i don't know i don't know enough about like the one child policy and um how the prc enacted that and like what it is like today it did make me wonder like well like you know for example there was that one woman that didn't want her face to be seen yeah and i was like are they like like are they putting themselves in danger by being in this documentary like to what extent is like 
you know, the government's just like fine with it now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they I have, know. they have dropped the one child policy from what I know. And I feel like at one point, one of the girls did ask that lady if the, someone was going to get in trouble and she said no, but I can't remember for sure. Mm. Um, I think she did say no too. Yeah. You know, it was really, it really stuck out to me that the genealogist was, she wasn't, mm, she did explicitly share her feelings about the policy and the aftermath. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't, she worded it very carefully. The way she described how her family, her family didn't want her. Mm-hmm. So her yeah. grandparents took her in right because of the one child policy. And so she was like, I want to help these girls now because I wouldn't have been here. I could have been one of them. That was really chilling. Like she could have been put up for adoption too or abandoned. It's mm-hmm. her grandparents that saved her. And she was be- she was very like, why are all these girls being abandoned? I thought she was so cool. She was very, she wasn't scared to be like explicit, but she was very like, she was very emotionally put together. She was clearly good at, you know, her, her job and what she does. I mean, obviously there's a lot we all don't understand because we don't share that adoptee experience but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I I hope the girls are doing well and god like just to be like Asian American adopted like living in the U.S. that is a complicated identity yeah yeah this part is a bit all over the place me Claire and Hazel talk about what we like and dislike about the show Starstruck so most rom-coms are like oh i'm like really nerdy and really smart and i'm trying to be popular (laughs) this one is like she's in no she's in the wrong her male interest is well this is how i interpret it at least like he's not she's more in the wrong than him and so she has to like grow up like on her own Mm. that's how i interpreted it so that it, it was like it was different for sure uh what did you think hazel like the main idea is she goes to a bar on new year's eve and like kisses this guy and has no idea he's a superstar famous actor they're like the odd like really funny scenes that kept me going but she was so awkward it was a bit too much she got on my nerves at the same time she really reminds me of one of my friends so that was quite creepy she really reminds me of her she's obviously she's having a life crisis the whole time someone asked her at work why are you here and she starts going into like why she's here in life like in London still why she has a play and everything that's wrong and he's like no why are you here you're not on the roster (laughs) and she's like gone off for ages like about why am I here admittedly it is a little bit of London Pacific but they talk about like you know it's so Mm. expensive to live in London and Mm. she's supposed to be what like hitting her 30 so that like 29 yeah yeah, she's supposed to be 29 well in the series so it's like that what am I doing with my life that was very Mm. relatable Mm. Uh, well the thing that three of us can relate on is like New Zealand is her home but she moved her life in London right so she's like ah what am I what am I doing here like should Mm. I go like we've all thought that the three of us specifically like she gets really homesick at some points doesn't she or like really depressed about being in London at some point oh yeah all like the bad things start to happen but then she like mm-hmm. she doesn't end up like go ah, there's like lots of things going on then like she uh messes with her exes and like gets in typical like bad uh, relationship but she also has a solid friend base so I mean I guess it is like kind of tropey in that sense a lot of rom-coms that I watch are almost always US based mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> it's always about like the same story oh I will 100% watch it anyway because 
because you know it's like light watching but I really like the actor and she kind of you know that scene where she visits Tom's family but Tom's parents mm-hmm. are like oh are you dating anyone and he's like okay I have a photo of her but you know she's like doing she has a silly expression so don't judge and then they all look at it and they're like oh she must be really funny I'm like wow wow because they have this like perceptive they have this like image that actors should be dating someone glamorous and like hot mm. like quote-unquote hot and that, that that really i really felt that for her like why do we have these images like it's so stupid but i thought it was well addressed in, yeah. in the show the, the press mistake her for a cleaner at one point oh that was mm. so bad that was so bad she was carrying yeah. bin bags though <laughs> she she this is when she comes out of his house the night after the first me the first hookup and i don't know why she's carrying his bin bags but i don't know they're all like and then they're like oh no it's the cleaner it's the cleaner she's like yep <laughs> yep just doing my job she's quite she is funny but you just she did get on my nerves a bit yeah and I, she I, was I, frustrating like i know that's what happens in these kind of series like there would be no story you know sometimes you're like why are you doing that why would you do that and why is this happening but if none of that happened, it would be the most boring series ever. Yeah. Unfortunately, you need some moments and you're like, I like the way it ended. Yeah. I, I would a happy ending. Third season, Everything but, worked yeah. out. Well, she grew up. Yeah. Grew up. Oh, I don't think they need a third season. I think it has to end. Oh, I, would I feel like. It. Yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. I think it ended nicely. Yeah. But actually, the, I, I'm, I told Hazel this separately, but like, this is kind of why I really like Never Have I Ever. Because, you know, Davy's like this like Indian girl. And sure, like, because we are not the target demographic. So obviously, Obviously, certain episodes we watch and I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I have to remember, they're supposed to be in high school. You're in your 30s. It's fine. But like, she is a mess, right? And it's like very raw. Like I was not put together in high school. I was also a mess. And because they they do tend to portray Asian characters in a very specific light. Like the best, the nerdy best friend. Always a nerdy best friend. The fact that she was like, she had this like tension against stereotypes versus what she, how she actually wanted to live her life I really felt it in Starship maybe I'm over analyzing but I think that's why like I was just so drawn to it because she was so because she really likes Tom but then she has it in her head because she sees um her his act she's like mm-hmm. the stereotypical like thin hot blonde movie star so mm-hmm. she has it in her head I don't look like that I cannot date him I should not be in a relationship with him and she even tells him that right we're a joke I'm a joke like I should not be with you and she oh, has no, she's yeah she know, says right? it's like you see these animals together and you're like why are they together like a labrador <laughs> and a hedgehog and you're the labrador oh yeah. <laughs> that's funny which says so in a funny way than that yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah look quite late. like that way more funny than I'm saying it in a very dramatic manner but she says it very hilariously so yeah recommend for sure if you get access somehow Mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll pop up on Netflix maybe I was too busy recently watching the Abercrombie and Fitch documentaries oh you watched it you watched it so yeah was I right yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I had no idea that Abercrombie and Fitch had such a sordid past, but at the same time, I I will admit I did not really uh, spend much time thinking about them at all throughout any part of my life. Took one look at the posters and I was like, that is not me. I am not interested in this. And then I just like never looked back. <laughs> Everyone, including Hazel, should listen to our latest Coffee Combos episode where we talk about this specific documentary and okay. related stuff. Hazel, I can tell you about it after. For this part of the episode, we decided to spend two minutes sketching what we found in ourselves or how we interpreted our reflections after watching Found. Since this is a podcast, we cut that bit out, although it was hilarious, as I'm sure you can all imagine. 
you can find what we drew on our Instagram and Twitter, but here we are now explaining what we drew. I mean, I can go first as this is like my idea, I guess. Sure. So- I'm really curious to see what you guys have done. Can you see that? Oh, wow. It's really light, isn't it? It's too light. Yeah, maybe you should use a pen like me. I should have used a pen. No, you're right. What's, Actually, yeah. what's, in, what's in the speech bubble? Well, I left it blank on purpose. So ah, I was trying okay. to. So what found in myself was that I just really appreciated their emotional communication and their connection with each other. And the it's really scary to connect with yourself. Like, um, I think one of the Lily wasn't sure she wanted to go to China, remember, mm-hmm. initially, or one of them wasn't sure if they wanted to connect with their biological parents so she she was like crying right that really hit me I was like yeah it is really scary to just like connect with your roots and like kind of like accept yourself so she like a heart a smaller version of yourself and then (laughs) (laughs) and then like a bigger version of yourself and like you're opening up the dialogue of conversation and your heart with yourself you're spreading like the love very abstract this is my good i drew a representation of the movie Uh, oh this is me because i often draw myself as a rabbit holding my heart so similar Uh, to claire's yeah and then i have the three girls over here and then uh the genealogist woman. i really like her (laughs) and then the i kept on thinking about like that woman that was hiding behind the clothes and like Uh, didn't want to have her face mm. shown so this is her and her being able to finally speak, but actually send. So that feeling of like when you want to tell your truth, but yet at the same time, you're still holding back. Mm. And so thinking about all these different emotions and just, uh, I was also thinking about what Claire said about how it shows like a more hum- humanistic side to China, like the actual people that are living, you know, in Paris and their connections to, um, you know, America. So we have like the girls that were given up and then, you know, Mm. the, she's like trying to connect people. Mm. And then we have like someone who feels like, you know, they, they can't even like really speak about it. So kind of that sort of oppressive Mm. feeling within uh, her own life too. So anyway, that's mine. That was beautiful. (laughs) Both explanation and drawing. Yeah. I'm impressed for just a few minutes. Yeah. (laughs) I tried drawing like a rabbit before and I was like, I don't know, a rabbit watching TV. And then I was like, no, okay, I'll, let's start over. <laughs> Kudos. Okay, mine's quite basic and I don't know why I'm a frog. So I don't know why I'm oh, a frog. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's, cute. But, that's so cute. It, all it is is about just, yeah, understanding the various people's viewpoints a bit better and like the different sides in China yeah. and America. And yeah, from a human point of view. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's, that's so good. That's so <laughs> I like the frog. It's so cute. Yeah, the batting eyelashes. <laughs> that was beautiful. I really enjoyed like see it's it's like always interesting. Obviously, like we share verbally our opinions, but it's also interesting to see how you interpret it like on paper as well so thank you for sharing that that is our media cup for today thank you both 